Let us go to God in prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, we're so thankful for this day. And Father God, we're so thankful once again to allow us to come out and worship you in spirit and in truth. Father God, we're so thankful for uh, not only to worship you, but to send up all praises and glory unto your name. And Father, we come at this time praying for those who, uh, Lord, may not know you, may have not received you and received your son as their savior. Father, we pray that your word prick their heart on, on today if there's any. And Lord, that they will receive thy word and obey it before it's eternally too late. Lord, we always pray that you would guide my mind, my thoughts, and my words. And Father, we pray that always your words be spoken and not the words of man, that we all can take heed to thy word and apply it to our life, that we may be better people than we've been in the past. Father God, we ask you to forgive us of all our sins and all of our shortcomings, those we know of and those we don't. All in agreement in the name of Jesus, let us say amen. 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 For those who are taking notes uh, for a subject text on this morning, God has really, really blessed us, and we're going to look at why me, Lord? Why? Why me, Lord? Do you ever catch yourself asking God, why? Why this had to happen to me? Why did I have to go through? Why me, Lord? Why couldn't be somebody else? You know, sometimes we find ourselves being selfish, amen? And and sometimes we we don't ask God to see us through things, and instead we ask God, why me? Why couldn't have been the other person? Why couldn't have been another family member? We catch ourselves asking this. Well, we need to ask God to just sometimes see us through whatever we're going through. When we look at Mark chapter 14 and verse 32, we find a very familiar passage here. And we notice Jesus at the time uh, coming to his death. And he goes and he gets with his disciple in Gethsemane. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 14 and verse number 32, And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he sat with his disciples. Now now, now notice this. We're talking about Jesus as he sat with his disciples. And he tells his disciples, sit ye here while I shall pray. Have you ever ever just wanted to get along sometime and, and sit down and talk to God? Have you ever just said, Lord, it's just me and you. You know, I don't want husband in the way. I don't want wife in the way. I don't need my children in the way. But sometimes you just want to talk to the Lord. Well, the Lord sometimes needs to talk to the Father. Jesus said, let me talk to my my Father just for a minute. I I know what I'm about to go through. I know what I'm finna deal with. But I just need to talk to my my Father. You know, when we we look at this and, and we look at why me, Lord, there is a There's not a single person who has not endured human suffering. It seems that some people go through more than their share of suffering. But such is the normalcy of life. Many of us have witnessed someone cry out, why me? Why me, Lord? Because of the inadequacy answers to their cry, human suffering wrecked their faith. These are real people needing real answers to real problems. God does not exempt us from the problem of human suffering simply because we are his children. I think sometimes we feel like once we have went down into the water of baptism and come up and clean and and refreshed and new in life, we think that trials and tribulation of this world ain't for the Christian man. But, but God never promised us that he wasn't going to allow us to go through some things. 
But God did promise us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so when we look at this, when we think about the human suffering, you ever, you ever, can I talk to the mothers just for a minute? Mothers, have you ever been in a situation where you was wondering where you were going to be able to get that last piece of bread to feed that child when, when that child was hungry? How am I going to make ends meet? I know the light bill is due and my husband is trying to get a job, don't have a job yet. And how can I make ends meet? Well, I want you to know that you got to understand that there's a God above what you're trying to do. Found out a long time ago that my problem, my problem is me. My problem ain't the Lord. And if I can ever start putting myself behind and start putting God out front, I'll be all right. A lot of our problems we don't have to go through. We don't have to cry out, why me, Lord? But the reason we cry out, why me, Lord, because we don't put God out front. Let me, let me, let me, let me help somebody for a minute. You ever notice this? How sometimes we put ourselves in a position and we'll plea, we will beg to the Lord to get us out of that position. Now, God didn't put us there, but we asked God to get us out. If you go back with me to Genesis, let me, let me show you something. Go back with me to Genesis. If y'all remember, if y'all remember how God continued to lead the children of Israel. He kept, even from, even in Deuteronomy, when, 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 when we had Moses coming. If y'all remember, right before Exodus and Genesis, Moses was leading the children. And when Moses was leading the children, notice how the children were still being rebellious after they were being led. Now, if you lead me, and I can't lead myself, I really need to follow your lead. Because I don't know what I'm doing. But, but notice the church. You had some who followed and some still was rebellious. Now, as they continued to be led by Moses, notice what happened. The Bible says, as they continued to be led by Moses, Moses led them to a point where they made it to the what? Red Sea. And when they got to the Red Sea, then they started wondering, what is we going to do here? When your Moses led you this far on behalf of the Lord, don't you think he can take us across the Red Sea? It ain't Moses doing the leading, but you got to understand it's the Lord. Let me, let, me, let me help somebody understand this plea when we talk about why me, Lord. When we think about why me, Lord, Christians should always understand that God should always be the forerunner of their life. A family without God is a family for hell. Y'all, y'all don't hear that, do it? A family without God is a family for hell. The only families that you got to understand is they're going to grow in the Lord got to be based upon the Lord. You can't have a family and say God ain't in the middle of your picture. And you try to make it work. Yeah, we see that too many times. You know, you know, you know, you know, Brother Walter, I, re- I remember growing up. When I first got married, you know, I was, I was very selfish. Very selfish. Everything was about self, about me. I, I, wasn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know how marriage should work. You know, I, I just knew I wanted that woman. But I didn't know all the, all the other things had to come with it. There was some more baggage had to come with it. I didn't want that stuff. I just wanted the woman. And so, so I, I learned that I had to start pleading out a little bit. You know, the, the, she helped me get into church, Walter. And, and then all of a sudden, I, I realized I had to start saying, Lord, why I'm going through this stuff. 
But, but what God was trying to do is erase some of that mess out of my life, some of that stuff I wanted to hold on to. He said, you got to get rid of that, Tim. But in order for me to work with you, you got to get rid of some of your luggage. You got to get rid of some of your baggage. That's why you don't understand that beautiful woman and her personality, because you don't have me. Y'all look, well, I don't know if you're looking at me front. That's why I pull my glasses off. I don't, I don't like to look at people's face, so I, I don't know if you like it or not because I just love to stay with God's word. But look at this. God, God does not, not exempt us. But how ironic to hear Christians express the opinion that we should be immune to pain and suffering. God does not promise us a way to endure and bear under the trouble that drives us to the edge of where God does promise us. Sorry about that. God does promise us a way to endure and bear under the troubles that drives us to the edge. The world does not understand the meaning or the purpose of life. Too often we hear this. Those of the world live by whatever makes me happy or whatever makes the majority happy as the single pursuit of humility. Life's meaning, according to the world, is that which brings human suffering. The Bible, the inspired word of God, the holy word, the word of life, the answer to salvation, the instruction to Christ in heaven, teaches the meaning of life. God said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep my commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 13. The Bible affirms certain fundamentals that will answer the question of human suffering and pain. Is human suffering the work of God himself? Or is it the work of Satan? Or is it simply the natural result in a world of cause and effect? Let me, let me help somebody with cause and effect. If you were to get on a, a high-rise building and you say, Lord, I know my time. You already got my day's number. But I want to help you something. We all know gravity ain't going to hold you here on earth if you get on that high-rise building and jump off. Gravity is going to make sure that you land down low. And so if you get on that high-rise building and say, Lord, I plea out to you. I know it ain't my time. I'm going to jump, so I ain't worried about dying. But when you get on that high-rise building, I'm surely, the further you go up, when you hit the ground, most likely you're dead. You got to understand, God didn't cause your death. You cause your own death. The problems you go through in life, God don't cause all those problems. You cause most of those problems. Our problem is that we don't turn ourselves fully over to God. God can't work with us half-stepping. Somebody said, well, I don't know about that. You know, I've been half-stepping for some years, and he's been working with me. Well, I I got an example for you. Joshua stood behind Moses for 40 years, 40 long years. And I can imagine Joshua pleading to Moses, give me an opportunity. But without God saying so. Moses sat there patiently, waiting for his turn to come. Well, Joshua sat there patiently, waiting for his turn to come, understanding that God was going to use him at 
the moment he wanted to use him. Our problem is we're too impatient. We can't wait on the Lord. We want it done right then. God never promised us a microwave life. God never said it was going to be there in a hurry. Don't you know the strongest point for a Christian is to be patient? If we could ever grasp that concept to be patient, to wait on the Lord in the midst of all that we're going through, we'll be some blessed people. But let's look at this. Let's look at this. God, God has created a world governed by natural laws. One of them, laws of cause and effect, laws of action and reaction, laws of sowing and weeping, reaping. If we violate these laws, the cost is often disastrous. The law of gravity tells us if we step off that 30-story building, we will surely die. Blaming others and even God is a pointless exercise when an unintentional act occurs. Have you ever noticed when, when somebody dies all of a sudden, and whether they've been struck by a car or, or a house caught on fire, whatever may have happened, how we say, Lord, why me? Why this had to happen to my family member? Sometimes I want you to know, stop making it about you and make it about what God is trying to get us to see. It reminds me of a, of a story. And for some of you, you may have, a, may have seen this movie, Courageous. But for those who haven't seen it, just, just go rent the DVD. You need to see it. It's, it's very great for a Christian to see this movie, Courageous. But it reminds me of, in that movie, when, when this man, this law officer, how he spent a lot of time and he talked to his daughter a lot. But with his son, he, he never spent that much time with his son. And, and when his son wanted him to go jogging with him, he, he didn't want to jog. He, you, know, you know how we get when we get older? So he didn't want to spend no time jogging with him. When his son wanted to play the video games, he didn't want to play the video games with him. Everything his son wanted to do, he didn't want to do it. But as soon as the little girl asked to do something, he was there for not that he realized that what he was doing. Sometimes we do things and don't realize it. So what God has to do is God has to get this show, have to set you down and show you that what you're doing isn't the way you need to be doing it. So if y'all remember the movie, this young girl died. She was in a terrible car accident. And after she died, the father never could understand why. Why? Why would you take away my sweet little baby? The one I cherish, the one I look up to the most. Why would you, why would you take her away not knowing you still got a son? So what God had to do is say, I need you to see your son. So God sometimes allows things to happen in our life so we can see the other side. You got a son that's growing up in age, about to be lost because of you not being a real dad. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me show you something. Let me show you something. Have you, have you ever looked at this? When we turn on the TV and watch the news, we see and hear where innocent people have died because of the carelessness of others. It had nothing to do with them. Texting while driving in the act of killing a person is blaming God's answer. When one become addicted to alcohol, tobacco, 
illegal drugs and other substances, destroying the life of people, is blaming God the answer. Many have shared ultimately death to contagious diseases and other life-threatening illness. Human suffering does not happen because we are evil or good. Much of suffering experienced in life is the result of violating natural laws. We should not, however, overlook the role Satan plays in the human suffering that plagues man. The example of Job is a clear example of Satan's evil deeds. Our answer is found in the Word of God where we are encouraged to depend on God's way of life. Paul emphasized in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 12 that God's Word will comfort you or comfort us during our darkest hour. For we have such a hope. I want you to understand that in that hour that we feel like there's no other person to turn to, we always have the Lord. God is going to be there when nobody else is going to be there. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me get us to see this. You mean to tell me that I'm going through some health issues. The doctors have told me ain't nothing else they can do. I, I have nobody else to turn to. It looks like I'm losing all of my health. I'm on my last stages. And you, you mean to tell me God is still king of the throne? God is still working in my life? Yes, I mean to tell you God is still working in your life. You, you mean to tell me that I have no food to eat. My refrigerator is clean and, and I have no money in my pocket and, and I have nobody to call to help me. And you mean to tell me God is still king of the throne? Well, I'm here to tell you God is still king of the throne. You mean to tell me that I've looked everywhere for a job and, and I know I got a good education. I, I know that the, the, the resume is put together great, but I want you to know that for some reason or another, everybody is turning me down for a job. Have you ever seen yourself looking that way? What I want you to see is that God, in the midst of all those troubles, in the midst of all those trials, God still can bring us hope because what we have to understand is that this life isn't about me. This life is about the world. But I'm looking for a life to come. And if I don't make it with the big house and the fancy car, I don't care because I can't take the big house and the big car to heaven. That's where I'm trying to go. But, but sometimes we, we forget about who God is and what God's purpose is. God's purpose ain't for me to get a doctor degree. God's purpose ain't for me to graduate from college. God's purpose ain't for me to have a big house. God's purpose for me ain't to have the, the fancy car. Now, if I do the right things to get that, I'm blessed. But I should always bless others. But God's purpose for me is for my soul to be saved. And if we don't understand God's purpose, it ain't about this world. The suffering of this world, every child of God is going to go through. But don't you know there's greater hope and joy in God? There's no, there's no greater joy than being in the Lord. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me share something else with you. You know, I, I, I got to share this since this is a God paid day. I want to, I want to share this. But I remember when I had my business, Cedric, I, I had a clothing store. 
And I'm going to tell you, you know, when you're doing good in life, sometimes, sometimes I'm going to tell you, God, God knows who to bless and who not to bless. See, see, we get a little money sometimes. We change. You know, y'all, 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 you know, let me, let me, let me, let me share this with you, though. I remember I had my business and, and man, I started doing good. Man, I, my soup business was going. I was making money and, and I was spending like crazy and wasn't keeping up with my balances and, and on the airplane here and on the airplane there hanging out with movie stars and, and man, I was doing good. Man, I come home and people like I had commercials on TV and, and just doing good. But you know what I started slacking on? I started slacking on the church. The devil had took over where I had forgot about the church. I thought I was all right. I was giving them plenty of money. But that's what the devil does. He conceives us. So, so let me help you here. Let me help you. I'm trying to get you to see something. At one time, I remember when we was about to get my son Sharif. And we was finna adopt Sharif. And, and, and I was like, Lord, you know, I'm in a terrible situation right now. This, this is going to be a bad time for a child. And all of a sudden, the opportunity came and we got Sharif in the midst of all that trouble. My store started failing and going down and, 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 and my wife was the only income and, and we, our standard of living was a little too high for our income and it just was, it was kind of rough, see it? It was kind of rough. And I pleaded with God, I did not want this child in the midst of all this. Lord, when I asked for this child, I, I had a good job. I was making money. I was doing this and doing that. So you're going to give me a child in the midst of trouble? God, what is going on with you? So God, being who he is, answer my plea. Sharif came. When Sharif came, I was, I, I was very, very disturbed because I didn't know how we were going to make it. And so finally, finally, my wife came to me. See, that's why you better make sure you got a good woman on your side. Don't, 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 don't leave her behind. Don't put her behind, but put her on your side. And hold on to her right. But my wife had to come to me. God, 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 God told me I was supposed to leave the household, but my wife came to me. And so my wife came to me and she said, ain't you the same one that been telling everybody else to hold on to the Lord? And here you is. Don't know how you're going to make it. And all of a sudden, I, I changed my, my thinking. I changed my concept. I changed my direction. And I started back to looking at God's word. And that's when I noticed the change in my life started to come back. And then I noticed how God started back, not just blessing me materially, but spiritually. And as I grew spiritually, I understood the necessities of life. See, at first, I didn't understand them. I didn't understand the necessities of life. I didn't appreciate eating a steak. Y'all don't understand that, do it. See, sometimes we don't appreciate how to eat a steak. Everybody ain't eating steak. Hull off the potato. So when we learn to appreciate what God has already given us, our cry is a little bit different. Instead of me saying, why me, Lord? Now I'm able to say, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go through this trial that I may be able to help somebody else. I don't, I don't need to plead out why anymore. I need to say, thank you, Lord. And Lord, when you want to use me again, use me till you can't use me no more. How many times do we plead that? We say we want to get to heaven, but we don't want to go through nothing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that one. 
Looked like all the prophets went through some things. It looked like all the disciples went through some things. And I know I ain't no greater than them, so I know I got to go through something. I know I got to go through something. I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you that you need to understand these three points. And I'm just going to give them to you because we ain't going to deal with them. I'll be up here all day. But I want you to write them down if you, you want to write them down or just remember them in your head. But three things I want you to remember about suffering. Number one, suffering prevents us from falling in love with the world. Suffering prevents us from falling in love with the world. Number two, suffering has the potential of bringing out the best in us. Amen? Suffering has the potential of bringing out the best in us. And then look at number three. Number three is that suffering purifies us. Amen? Suffering. Suffering purifies us. When we, when we, when we, when we deal with this, I want to just deal with one and then the lesson will be yours. But if I just could deal with suffering prevents us from falling in love with the world. Have you ever noticed how sometimes we look at our neighbors and we want what our neighbor got? Not knowing how our neighbor got it. The Bible tells us that a man don't work, don't eat. Our neighbor may have got theirs the wrong way. But we have to understand, stop trying to get what the neighbor got and allow God to bless us with what we have. It, it, ain't, it ain't how much I have, but it's how I use what I got. Why would God want to bless with me more when I can't even take the blessing that he gave me and use it right? He don't need to give me nothing else. Don't we, don't we understand that the car that we drive ain't our car? We just stewards over the car that we drive, and we need to glorify God even in that car. Somebody said, now, how in the world am I going to glorify God? I'm glad you asked me. Well, don't you know that car that you use and somebody need to ride to church? And just because they ain't as clean as you, let them sit on those seats. Amen. You know, we'll get, we'll get crazy over a car. We'll worship a car. And, and don't let it go a little too far when we get us a, our first house. Woo-wee. Y'all going to help me here. Oh, don't let me get that dream house I've been building all my life, you know, and now all of a sudden I've I finally been able to get that dream house. Man, it's got more than one bedroom in it. Now i got three bedrooms. Woo-wee. Got a bathroom in every bedroom? You're talking about a dream house. And you mean to tell me I'm going to invite people over to eat? You ain't messing up my carpet. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't heard that, is it? Y'all ain't heard that, is it? That, that's the way we think. Let me share something with you. When you think about, when you think about Jesus, Jesus went into some of the dirtiest areas of Jerusalem. If you think about when he was in Galilee, think about what Jesus, some of the places Jesus went. He wasn't worried about the people and the, and the conditions. He was worried about their situations and their circumstances. See, our problem is we're worried about the condition. Well, I'm not going to go down there. I'm not going to deal with those folks. You think I'm going to let some of that dirt rub off on me? Well, that was a a young man. And this is a true story. But a young man was in his car. And while he was in his car, you know how you just ride sometimes? And and it just was riding, and he had to pull up to this. He was going in one store, but it was a a chiropractic place right beside it. And it was this old, rugged man. And he was just filthy. Uh 
and you could smell him miles away. And it's very true, not made up. And you could just smell him miles away. And so the old man just standing there, and, and the young man went in his, his part of the store and come back out, and the old man sitting there saying, uh, can I get a ride? You going that way. Y'all heard somebody say, you going that way? And even though this young man knew he wasn't going that way, but he looked at that man, and he, he smelled that man. And he said, come on, I'll give you a ride. And the man looked shocked. You know how somebody asks you for something they already know you're going to say no? Y'all ever ask somebody to lend you some money you already know they're going to say no? Oh, look out. But let me, let me show you something. Let me show you something. So, so the, the old man already knew that the, the young man was going to say no. So all of a sudden, the young man put him in his car and, and you got to understand, he had just got them, y'all, y'all ever seen where they got them Gucci seats, them, 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 them nice seats, them leather seats? Y'all may not know, them young folk know about them seats. But, but they got those nice leather seats in there. And so this man get in his, his truck and filthy man, filthy rag, probably a filthy life. But the young man puts him in, takes him to where he's going, asks him, do he need a ride back? Do you need anything else? The man looks at him stunned, like, do you know, can you see? You're blind. But what the man, the young man realizes is that he remembered when he begged the Lord to get a car. He remembered when he, he didn't even own a suit. He, he remembered when, when shoes was a thing of the past when he had to take leftover shoes from hand down. He, he remembered when he was going to school and, and, and shoes had a hole in the bottom. See, some of you may not have been there, but he remember all those things. He, he remember how, how when he went to bed at, light, at night and how he didn't have a meal, but in the middle of the night his mom would wake, wake him up just to give him a meal so he could have something on his belly before he wake up the next morning. He remember all those days so he understood how God has blessed him even with that little truck he had. And so he said, I can't take this for granted. I got to be able to share my blessing with somebody else. If you're here today and you're not sharing your blessings, then you're not doing what God wants you to do. You got to share your blessings. Your blessings ain't for you. Your blessings is to pass on. If it was true that my blessing was for me, then I would understand. I would understand the real true sacrifice that Jesus on the cross had. When Jesus was on the cross, Jesus didn't die for himself. Jesus was already made perfect. Jesus came from glory. From heaven. Heaven. Why, Jesus, would you come from heaven to earth to die for people who don't like you? To die for people who talk about you? To die for people who curse you? Why, Jesus, why would you do this? I love Jesus' answer. Even Jesus understood it's not about me, but it's about my Father, which are in heaven. If we could understand it's not about us, but it's about our Father, which are in heaven. Let me tell you something. Going through the midst of trials and understanding children, you would know that the greatest gift is to be able to bless a child. Now, I got a lesson on this evening going to deal strictly with the child. But I want us to know today that all the midst of our trials, out of all the things that we go through, Jesus is still king of the throne. Don't let nobody, nobody tell you different. 
Whatever you're going through, pick up the word of God. See, you know, we spend too much time in TV. You know, I got some shows. See, I I tell the truth. I don't don't tell stories about myself. I got some shows I run home for. You know, all of us may not do that. But I'm going to tell you, I got something I run home for. But one thing I don't do, I don't run home from them trying to run from the church. See, see, I don't let that show interfere with the church. We got to understand that we, it, God has no problem with me watching TV as long as it ain't filthy, amen? amen? God has no problem with me watching TV, but it has a problem when TV interferes with God. God. God had no problem with me riding in a Lexus, but if my Lexus interfere with God, then he got a problem. God, God has no problem with a suit, but if my suit is going to overtake me, then my brother, then I need to leave the suit alone. blessings. That's why he give them to us. But he give us the blessings to help others. He give us the blessing to help us. If you're a child of God and you're here today and you don't understand the blessings of God and you were taking your blessings and you were using your blessings in order for selfish reasons, you know we do it. Then you know that you need to change your way. You need to repent. You need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. But now I understand that my blessing wasn't for me. I've been selfish. I've been in, I've been in my house for, for 10 years, and, and Lord, I know I ain't never invited a church member over to eat. Lord, I'm finna change. Lord, Lord, I've been in the church for 20 years, and I don't know but five members' names. I'm finna change. Lord, Lord I've been teaching in, in class, and I don't know but two of my students. I'm finna change. God built a relationship. His son, Jesus, built a relationship. Don't you know if they had to build a relationship, we got to build one too? Don't come telling me about I need to be baptized and you don't know nothing about me. You mean to tell me my life is wrong and you ain't built no relationship with me? Don't come telling me I need to be saved. Don't come telling me my teacher's been wrong all my life and you just met me yesterday. You better build a relationship with me. You better understand who I am first. You better know what I'm going through. Help me first. Deal with my situation first. Then tell me I need Jesus. Jesus just didn't feed 5,000 to be feed some people. We act like Jesus just said we want to feed 5,000 people today. But Jesus didn't do it for that purpose. Jesus did it for that purpose so he could be able to tell them about the Father. Using your blessings to bless somebody else. You don't have to cry out, why me, Lord, anymore. You need to change that crowd, why me, Lord, and to thank you, Lord, for using me. And, Lord, when you want to use me again, call upon my name, and I'll be there. I'll be there. And if you're not a child of God, if you're not a child of God, then you do need to change your ways. You need to look into the Scriptures. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I got to hear about God. How can I have faith in somebody I don't know? See, we'll go out and tell the world that you need Jesus, and they don't even know Jesus. First, you need to, you need to pick up the Bible and let them know, know who Jesus is. Don't you know, I, I, about a couple of few years ago, you, I, 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 I didn't even know this existed. But you still got people right here in America, believe it or not, never heard of Jesus. I ain't talking about babies. But we think everybody heard of Jesus just because we have. But you gotta, you gotta have faith in His Word. You gotta have faith in God. You gotta believe 
that Jesus is the son of God. You got to believe that. Hebrews 11 and 6. You got to believe that. You got to believe. But also we got to what? Change our ways. The things I used to do, I ain't going to do no more. The places I used to go, I ain't going to go no more. The things I used to say, I don't want to say those things no more. But now I want to be different. I want to be like the Lord. I don't want to be like Tim. Because Tim was going in the wrong direction. But I noticed God going in the right direction. So I'm going to give up Tim for the Lord. And so now when you see me, I'm going to even change my name. I used to be named Tim Smith. Now I'm named Tim Christ. That's why they call me a Christian. Jesus, don't give me some of you. I want all of you. But don't you know when you ask for all of it, don't you know some things going to come with it? We got to confess Jesus. We got to confess him. We got to confess him in our everyday living. But we sure got to confess him through our mortal tongue that Jesus is the son of God. We got to be buried into the water of grave of baptism. First Peter chapter three, verse 19 through 21. Acts 2, 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of your sins. Acts 22, 16. So many, so many New Testament scriptures dealing with baptism. But are you here today and you haven't been baptized for the remission of your sins? Are you here today and you know that the way you've been going is wrong? Well, if you're here today and you know that, let us stand and sing the song of encouragement. I have been